What's up, Internet? You're tuning in episode 108 of the Flip Screen Games podcast, a weekly video game podcast where two best buds from different nations come together to discuss the wide, wide world of video games. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my friend in exploring the cosmos, Mr. Stephen Radford. Oh, hello. Um, are we exploring the Starfield? Isn't that what they call it? Yeah, yeah. The, the, or the black, the deepest black. Isn't that what they call it? Which I think is I extremely no cool. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't realize they were calling it that. That is quite cool. All right, before we get into the, the show proper, because we've got a big story about, you know, more FTC court documents. Which kind I love of. Digging yeah, we're not, we're not talking about, like, the court. We're, you know, this yeah. is the, one of the fun stories. Don't worry about it. Um, what do you got for me? Have you have you at least got that menu yet? Like, where are you at with Starfield? Because last time we spoke, you hadn't even got to the you point. Can't, what, do you mean, to... what do you mean? How are you sidestepping this? You're, you're killing me. I'm pulling the curtain back, Steve, because this is now the, I don't know how many week you've done this in a row. I put show notes together in an order. Okay? There's a I thumbnail. Know, I know. People click like, through. Know, they wanted down. to hear about the Xbox stuff. And you're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I know. I know we're supposed to do it an hour from now. But what's up with Starfield? You playing Starfield? Yeah, what, do I just need to know. Have you got that menu up Yes. I got the menu. Okay. We'll talk about it later. Yes. <laughs> I so got if people, the menu. If people want to skip down, you can listen to us actually talk about the game without me having to be very cryptic now. Oh, my God. You, you people way overblowing the significance of this menu. I'm sorry. But we'll talk about okay. that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> we'll talk about that in, a, in an hour from now okay, or something. But anyway, let's let's get into the, the first story here, which is uh, kind of an update to a story or, or a story that spun out from the FTC case a few months back. So uh, this this bit came out first from a report back in June, which was that uh, from some of the the court documents released from Microsoft, they had estimated that the next generation of home consoles, right? So the successors to the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series S and X would be coming in 2028. So that's something that um, mm. had been mentioned by Microsoft's lawyers. It had, it had been kind of spoken in passing. And we got another, um, I guess, kind of, voice added to that chorus uh, of the idea of 2028 being the year to watch now. Um, when uh, we got an update uh, from one Steven Totillo over at Axios that has um, that 2028 launch plan being referenced in a, uh, a May 2022 meeting that had more than a dozen senior Microsoft executives attended by uh, folks like CEO Satya Nadella, CFO Amy Hood, and head of gaming Phil Spencer, uh, as as well as a, a number of other important high-ranking executives in the company, and uh, in a exchange that was recorded, right that that Steven's been able to pull from here, there was a non-Xbox executive that asked uh, the gaming leadership team about whether the next Xbox will veer from the traditional model of consoles having fixed hardware standards that all game makers develop for. So essentially, the idea of you know, will Xbox move away from the standardization of consoles as we know it, and maybe move into a more modular, like potentially more PC-like, uh, you know, console architecture? I guess yeah, maybe something question. like the Steam Deck, right? Because sure. it's not the first time in these documents that they've referenced the Steam Deck. There was other ones that came out um, in the same chunk um, that spoke about the Steam Deck in relation to Linux gaming and Stadia and what that means. And obviously, that's a way more open platform. 
definitely seems like that's not the case, and they're going to be continuing forwards with the same uh, same process that we've had. Yeah, tried the, and true console um, systems. At least to some degree, right? Yeah, the, the quote we have from them kind of, I think, affirms their dedication to that and why it's something that's important for the console space, right? Um, they say, and this this comes from uh, Kevin Gamel, who's the corporate vice president of gaming ecosystems, uh, replied saying, we have already started this journey with Xbox One and Xbox One X, or Xbox One X, excuse me, furthering it in the Series S slash X ecosystem. Um, we need to be even more flexible going forward with Gen 10, but also provide the ability for creators to take advantage of unique hardware capabilities. So again, right, it's it's doubling down on this idea that like, no, we're not moving towards like modular consoles. We're not moving towards like more PC-like consoles. But I was interested by kind of the specific language here because it, it feels like a very specific response, right, to call out, Hey, the last two generations, we've already introduced the idea of there being more than one box that, you know, exists uh, for different users and meets different needs, uh, but roughly has a standard, right, um, set across the two of them. But saying we need to be even more flexible going forward and also provide the ability for creators to take advantage of unique hardware capabilities. Mm-hmm. That feels pointed to me in a way, you know, like the idea that like, so, so are we talking about more SKUs that have less in common and not trying to do what we did with the Xbox Series S and X, where you essentially pitch them as being analogous devices, right? Where it's like, oh, they have the exact same library. They're basically the same power, but one's just, you know, one's cheaper and it's 1080, 30 and not 4K. But aside from that, they're basically the same, you know, and like that. We've seen how that message, that marketing message has come to bite them in the ass over the last year and change as developers have come out and talked about the challenges of developing for S. Baldur's Gate needed to get a special ex, you know, uh, exception to push the game out. They almost lost out on, ex, uh, you know, Sony would have gotten an exclusive for one of the best games of the year just because of the existence of the Series S. So when I hear we need to you know, double down here, right? We need to have, we need to be more flexible going forward. We need to have more specific, unique hardware capabilities that they can take advantage of. What What is that? What, what's your read on that, Steve? I think it's, I think it's possible. Um, it could also be referencing the question, right? So the question was uh, a Windows-like flexible slash capabilities-like model. So I think there's multiple things that this could be referencing. Unique hardware capabilities. For example, I think about this generation. Think about some of the new unique capabilities like the SSD. That was a new thing we didn't have in this generation, uh, previous generations. Think about 3D audio on the PlayStation side. Um, And then you've got ray tracing, right? Not many games and not many developers are able to take advantage of most of those features. Certainly not ray tracing, right? We haven't really seen that in um, too many games, and I think probably on the on the Xbox side of things, Series S definitely plays a part in that, trying to get ray tracing to work while also outputting a, re- a decent resolution and maintaining a good frame rate. It's probably quite a tricky thing to do. This could also reference a potentially a different model. I read this and I thought. Well, wouldn't it be nice if we had a handheld that had unique hardware features with like a touch screen and I, I could take it away yeah. and it's portable. That's interesting. And 
And I think that would be a really nice thing to have. And I I can imagine in 2028, we could probably have something as powerful as a Series S or a Series X in, in a handheld that we could take with us. You know, I hear the reports that we're talking about with what the next Switch is going to have and the fact they can run like Breath of the Wild at 4K60 on a handheld. If that turns out to be true, imagine what you could do in four more years after that point. Well, especially when you, when you and we're going to talk about this on Nintendo Noise this week, but like when you add in the idea that like that console is theoretically able to do that because of like AI upscaling and taking advantage of features like DSSL and or what is it DL what is it DSS? DLSS DLSS Deep learning super sampling. I'll tell you what I struggle with that every time because I'm like DSLR DL, like which one is it like, <laughs> it's like you just never I never get there. Um, sorry, one more time. What is it? DLSS deep just, DLS. just say remember the full name and you'll seem really like right. smart deep learning super sampling deep learning super sampling and i i think when you start thinking about that technology being in its infancy but like you know it, if it's gonna come to roost the way that the reports seem to be pointing to the idea that like that could be something we have in our hands a year from now that takes advantage of that that technology effectively yeah it becomes less and less crazy to imagine like getting very very powerful handheld machines like that and i hadn't thought about that when i read the the quote um but i think that's a that's a interesting observation of the idea of like we need to be more flexible that that could be what we're talking about right like being even more flexible means having even more hardware options but not necessarily yeah, we know that they explored the streaming box right maybe that's an right option yeah that i was gonna say like maybe gen 10 maybe it's a stick right maybe we get a stick maybe we get a handheld device and and you know you get some of these other things that can build out the library and like the way that you guarantee parity is that like it's taking advantage of cloud streaming and things like that like as that technology gets better like you know maybe there are certain games that the handheld device can't run natively but it can access the whole library through the cloud things i don't know it, it, it you get into a weird speculative place with it but I, that to me even though i hadn't thought of it that to me actually makes a lot more sense than the idea of them just being like more flexible by like introducing more models of xbox for example because like i have to imagine that they want to move away from the situation that they've created with the s yeah i, I don't think they're going to want to do that again because like we talked about it a lot at launch where it's like it seemed like such a good idea, but it, it's it feels like such a monkey's paw situation at this point where it's just not worth the headache and the the like upset developers and having to renegotiate things and go back on you know it's just like it just creates all these headaches where there where there should have been none you know yeah i I mean I think it solved a problem. At launch, especially during the chip shortage, that they were able to get these chips that needed to be quite high yield for the Series X. If they didn't quite meet that specification, they could reuse that chip on the Series S and just kind of downclock it or turn off some of the cores that weren't working. I, I, I think I could see them still going down that same route. I mean, I'd love to see them build like a Switch like Xbox where. I take the handheld away with me, I can bring it home and I can dock it and I can use it that way if I want to. And maybe I can utilize uh, cloud streaming to on that device when I'm at home. And when I'm away, I've installed it and I can kind of take it away with me. I think I could see them continuing the strategy that they've got where they've got two boxes. I think probably 
we're going to lose the, hard, the the disk drive next generation, but I don't know if they do a version where they keep a disk drive. I kind of think it's dead. I think Sony's killing that with the, the revision of the PlayStation 5. I don't think we get a disk drive in the next generation. I think it's digital only, um, I, especially I guess in five I could, years' time. I could see expandable... I, I could see it continuing to be something that you can purchase. But I don't think it'll be built into consoles because I, I think that's how that's like what happened with um the computer market now, right? Like it's not like disk drives don't exist; it's just they don't come standard anymore because people don't. But you really... can't buy games on discs for PC. Yeah, I can't yeah. buy a PC game on a right. disc. I don't think I'll be able to buy uh the next generation of games, a PS6 game. I don't think it's coming on a disc. Mm. I think that might stick around for backwards compatibility. I don't think that we we have them on discs. They yeah, want that I I agree with you. I I don't know. It sucks, but I think it's the it's the route we're going. I hmm. So I was gonna say I'm not sure because it's like the the thing that's always been right is like ever since the advent of the digital marketplace, it, it, that's been a question of like why aren't digital copies cheaper? Why why is there parity with physical? You know, blah 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 blah. And, and it's always been the market reality of that. Well, as long as these manufacturers need brick and mortar stores to sell boxes, then they need to sell games too, because that's where they make their money. And I don't know I, anyone that bought uh, like uh, that really. You don't need them anymore, right? I could go on my Xbox and, and buy an Xbox on my Xbox. That's the question, though, right? It's like I I agree with you that I don't know. Well, you know me. I bought I bought my PlayStation Five at a GameStop, but that was more. You bought your PS Five there because you could. But I think if you could have had it where you could go to direct.playstation.com, yeah, like we can in the UK, and just buy a PlayStation I mean, I, I directly. Theoretically, from could have, but I. I was able to get one at a brick and mortar store yeah. before pre-orders were even available. So it was like, okay, fine. But I, it's tough though, because I do think there are a lot of situations in which buying the console at a store is a better experience. Um, like buying my PlayStation five at a GameStop was a much better experience than buying my Xbox uh, from a digital storefront, which is what I did. Um, because for my PlayStation on release day, I went to the shop, I picked it up, I was first person in line. I got my box. I left. Right, my Xbox. That was the I, weirdest day for me. Like I, I remember it. They, we weren't. No one was allowed in the shop because all stores had to yeah. close as part of lockdown. Yeah, we were like and one so, person in, one person out. They, no, they, they blocked off the entrance, and there was just a table at the front, and they were just like, <laughs> "Give funny. us your order number," and then they would like hand you a bag, and that that was it. Like we could. The way that they were doing the it was they had two registers open, and they would let. To, like one person in the store at, at a time more or less but they were staggering us so that it wasn't like weighted so it was like i'm standing in the doorway the guy ahead of me is getting his playstation from register one i go into register two you know and then it's like next guy comes in and they <laughs> just get wild and it was like we're just gonna keep moving and we'll never have more than four people in the store at, at, entirely at one time and it was like they were very efficient very safe they did a good job um but my point being i had the playstation in my hands, I was home, and it was I had my games installed, and I was playing Astrobot by like fucking ten o'clock or whatever, right? When the, my Xbox showed up, I had to pull up tracking, and it's ten stops away, it's one stop away, and I'm sitting there waiting because God forbid it sits there for too long and somebody walks off with the package. You know, it's like, oh, you muted. We never have that in the UK, and we've Amazon. I've got this well, new system now. You don't have that. You don't like, have that where you live. Because you live in 
the burbs. But no, I'm no, sure... they, they no, they won't leave them on the doorstep. They just won't. oh, really? It's not, not a pack. And Amazon in the UK now has for purchase over a hundred pounds because I had this the other week. Yeah, you have to give them a pin number now. Like it gives you a unique code Good. on your app. Good and. And you have to give it to them, and, and until you give it to them, they will not hand you the package. I hate that because, like, or I, I hate that that's not standard because every time I've had that happen where, like, a package has been stolen or something like that, it's because whomever, whether it's Amazon, whoever, right? Okay, we're, we're delivering it on this date. Just kidding. We're moving it up two days. It's like, well, I'm not home that day. Oh, my and God, I'm, yeah. What do you that. want me to do? And they're like, well, we dropped it off. And it's like, well, I told you not to drop it off. I told you to require me to be there to accept the package mm. and they're like well i don't know what you want and it's like okay well send me another one then i guess right like and then i gotta wait you know it's like with a new console obviously you don't want to be dealing with that so point being there there are advantages to brick and mortar and i think there are still a significant number of people that probably buy their consoles that way but like to your point if xbox and playstation and nintendo are just like fuck it like no like we're not going to sell them at walmart or target or whatever anymore you can buy it directly from us or you can get it from amazon or whatever other i genuinely think that's what they're gonna do like why would you cut someone else in who you don't have to that's why the digital storefronts exist it's why yeah. playstation made a digital edition in but the I first mean, place and made it so access. much cheaper like access is a thing and it's like I, I there are still people that go to target or best buy or whatever and buy their stuff there and you know like there are people that might buy, uh, you know, I'm at Target and, oh, there's an Xbox on sale. I've wanted one. Let me grab it. Like, and I, I think you're probably right that, like, we're, we're so far removed from that being, like, the percentage of the market. But I wonder if they see it that way and, like, how big of a percentage is it? And are they willing to risk that those people will just go buy it somewhere else? Because they think they will. But, like, do they see it that way, I guess, is the question, you know? But do you need to sell games? Like. I think at this point, it, it's, it's at a point where they could just say, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to sell games this way anymore. Um, you know, we're already seeing some games come on multiple discs on Xbox. I think Starfield was one of them. And God knows how big they're going to be on the next generation. In fact, if that trend continues, like, how many discs am I going to be going with? Is it going to be like a Final Fantasy VII like issue well, on PlayStation One, and four I was discs, like, who cares? Uh, you know, four discs in I go. I got to keep installing it, and you know, I want to go back to a different region, insert a different discs to install that section. I don't know, I, man. I just think it's insane. I like. I I think you're probably right, but it's like it hasn't changed yet. So, like, is next generation the tipping no. point or not? I guess. I think so. Yeah, I I, I think so. I think PC's gone that way. PlayStation's about to kill the the disk drive as standard on any of their consoles. We've got two two SKUs of the Xbox, the series both the five twelve gig and one terabyte version of the Series S that doesn't have a disk drive, and I think the Series X is next to go. I would not be surprised if we see a version of the Series X without a disk drive, a digital only edition, like we got with the Xbox One S, the Xbox One S digital edition. I could see them doing a similar thing with the Series X, uh, and I don't think I don't think a lot of people care. I think a lot of people, on especially on the Xbox side, are using Game Pass anyway. They're probably not putting a disc in their Xbox for the most part. They're just downloading what's available on Game Pass and they're playing it. and And I think Microsoft know that. It's either that or the trend. It's going to continue trending towards streaming, you know. And I and I think Microsoft knows that as well. That's why there's been such a huge 
investment in there. It's why the EU and the CMA made such a stink about the, the streaming stuff. That's the the route that the, the market is heading towards. It's convenience. It was convenience with music. It was convenience with movies. It's going to be convenience with games next. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it'll be interesting to see if games adopt that at large um, in the same way because I think I think there's an argument to be made that <clears throat> it's slightly different, but I don't think it's that different. Like I, there there's challenges, right? Where like I could see the argument where like obviously there's technological limitations, right? Like games being huge and having to be streamed and all that kind of stuff. Like there, there's quality issues. There's, there's all these things that make it substandard experience, right? That, you know, can be fixed with technology, right? And, and as the technology grows, it'll, you know, it'll get more evolved. It'll get simpler. It'll be something that um, for the average person is good enough. And that's all that matters. That said, there is like the value equation question i think that is tough i think the reason game pass works is because of how much microsoft can put into it and like how much they're able they've been able to spend to grow their library and yada 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 right like all, all the things we know they've been doing i don't need to to re-explain it well yeah you know and they, and they know that they were shitting on stadia they were shitting on amazon luna and these court right. documents saying that you know they Phil, I think, literally said in the document he didn't really understand that Google, such a huge competitor, were just taking so long on this. So why were they taking so long to make anything work? Yeah. And it comes down to their strategy, right? Stadia was was just a lost cause. The, the strategy didn't work. People didn't want to buy games on an unproven platform, especially one owned by a company that kills products left, right, and center. Right. But it seemed to work really well, and the people that did use it were really loyal to the service and had a good experience when it did work for them. You know, there was that that one person who spent hundreds and hundreds of hours in like Red Dead Redemption, right, yeah. and had to yeah. have it transferred over. So it's like when you, I think, when you start thinking about it like that, it's like, is streaming always the best? Because I, I think when you look at like these other mediums, right, like. By and large, I think the reason that streaming became ubiquitous is because it was a better value, right? Where it's like, you know, with music, right? Like, you know, having I spend X amount and I have access to any song I can think of that I would want to listen to uh, becomes an easy equation rather than I'll buy one album per month for the same amount. And, you know, then, I, then I'm building a library so that I, I have, but, you know, like you're paying for access and choice and and discovery and convenience and it's it's all of those things and like with games and and that was a darn sight better than downloading something crappy from LimeWire maybe it's the maybe right. it's labeled correctly maybe it's not maybe I get a virus and maybe yeah. it's like a really really low quality version of the song and then i've got to spend all this time and effort and, and, and literally just type what i want to listen to in a box and, and you there. also have the benefit of like curation tools and stuff like that that are things that if you're the average person who just listens to music when you want to have something on like you don't it, it, again it, it's it's for the general consumer not the enthusiast and like i what i guess i'm interested in is how does that work with video games being such a hardcore enthusiast market like is streaming of games something that ends up appealing to the mass market and brings a lot more people in and lets them get a mm -hmm. taste and it it ends up being the way that that gamer that we always talk about who buys 
a PlayStation and maybe a copy of FIFA and, you know, they buy Elden Ring or they buy, you know, whatever, right? They have like the one big AAA game that they play a year and then they play a couple sports games and they play Call of Duty or Fortnite with their friends or whatever. Like, does that person end up not buying video games anymore and they get a PlayStation and PS Plus or they get an Xbox and they get Game Pass and that's how they get, get their games? But like, does that work for the enthusiast? Like for somebody like who knows that they're going to put 300 hours into Starfield, is it a better deal for them to just buy a copy of Starfield or to have this streaming? You know what I mean? Like I, I... And that's when I think options need to be there, but options are there for music enthusiasts. If I sure, want, right. you know, to get a turntable and hook up to some re- an amp too, and right? some speakers. Yeah, I could yeah. buy albums. The option's there. But I think for the 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 layman the person that just plays a couple yeah. of games a year plays with friends plays a bit of fortnite plays a bit of fever plays a bit of call of duty why would you not just stream it and and i think that's where they're looking for looking to go i like i've said on last week's episode i saw so many people streaming starfield right. this last week and i think a lot a large part of that is because oh i've only got a playstation i don't really have a gaming pc i don't really have anywhere else to play this game streaming becomes an option because i can pay 10.99 and i gain access to be able to stream this directly to whatever i want to i want to play it on i can play it on my steam deck or i can play it on my my laptop and i can stream it down and i can play it that way Uh, and it seemed to be giving most people a really good experience it just needs to get better and better and better and it will over the course of this generation and into the next generation and we've got sony competing with with um xbox now with their new streaming platform that they've spoken about and the new ssd technology that they developed for the the data centers so hopefully that gives microsoft a run for their money as well because stadia certainly didn't amazon luna certainly isn't geforce now maybe is but it's a very different service and i really think you have to be an enthusiast to be interested in nvidia geforce now whereas i know the xbox logo i know the playstation logo I download the app and I can start playing games. Agreed. So we'll talk more about that in 2028. So look forward to it. Let's move on. Uh, Elder Scrolls 6. We got some news. Hold on, everybody. All right. Hold on. Deep breath. Deep breath, folks, because it's it's still a ways away. Okay. Oh. What we What we know, what we know, we know a few things. First off, unsurprisingly, Elder Scrolls 6 allegedly skipping PlayStation. Are you surprised? Yeah, it definitely is skipping PlayStation. There's no way. Not news at this point. Of course, it's skipping PlayStation. Fine. Here's what we know. Now, the the latest update not expected until 2026 or later. What do you make of that, Steve? You think think there's any neighborhood that we get it in 2026? Because I don't. Um, yeah, possibly. I mean, this is a pretty up-to-date document. It says the first half of 2023 for Starfield, Um, which I guess wasn't even true, right? No, that was wrong. 2023. Yeah. But Redfall Redfall was in first half of 2023, and that only got announced and pushed out late last year. So this is probably a document a fairly recent document i feel like that game is such a different situation though now that we know what we know about it like knowing that that game was a game that like was not really the game that arcane studios wanted to work on and it kind of was forced Mm. on them and then xbox comes in they're like yeah yeah cool do your thing it's yeah that's great 
like Elder Scrolls six, I think is, I could see going through a pretty lengthy development cycle. And if we get to a point where they're like, we need a delay, we need, we need to do this. We need like, they're going to get that right. Like, yeah, they get what they're given, but is it Todd Howard, Todd Howard's last game? When does he want to retire? How long have they been working on it? Yeah, but like if it's this Todd game, Howard's last game, he wants game, to get out of the door. But if it's Todd Howard's last game, even if he wants to retire, don't you think he wants it to be perfect? Don't you think he wants it to be like the best fucking thing he's ever done? Yeah, possibly. Do you think this this generation though? If the next generation is twenty twenty eight, do you think this is twenty twenty seven or twenty twenty eight? Yeah, I do. Like, I don't, I don't think this comes out this generation. I think you don't. I, you think it's a next gen game? I kind of do. Because that's 2028 or 2029. Yeah. It's a long way away. I mean, that's, well, an, that's another six years away. Let me ask you this. How long do you think this game's been in development? Act- actually. I think this game has been in active development for the last two years. And active I think development? They, you think we're yes. like through pre-production and the game is actively being worked on for two years already. You think that? Yeah. And I think they then pulled people off to finish up Starfield because I think because Starfield was due out like two years ago. Right. And then it got delayed and then delayed again. And uh, I think that Elder Scrolls six was probably ramping up to active development as Starfield was ramping down, coming up to that release point. And then they've probably had to pull people off to help out on Starfield. And, and that's the thing the is, I think, I think you're probably right about that, but that to me means it's not two years in active development. Maybe it was supposed to have been, but I don't think it it is. I think if they have, they've had all hands on deck on Starfield the last two years while they're trying to make sure it didn't come in too hot. And like, how many people does that leave to work on Elder Scrolls in the meantime? And granted, like, I I recognize that the scope of an Elder Scrolls Six is so much different than Starfield. So yeah, even if, you haven't got to. You're not starting from scratch. You've got a lot of the lore. You've already. got the lore. You've got right. Totally. But like, and how many? How much assets can they start with from Elder Scrolls Online or from Skyrim? I would say none. I would say none. Don't assume that. I don't think that they're taking assets from no, but, a twelve-year-old game and bringing them over. You've got the new creation engine that they've yeah. they've just done for Starfield. They don't need to really do any don't work get me on wrong. that. Yeah, there's, there's they're going to be just taking that and and starting with that. There's literally some groundwork done, but like, I don't know, dude. Like you said, like that's another six years. Okay, but like. That I think that that's you got to think about how realistic that is. That like I think AAA development cycles are about five to six years now, where they used to be yeah. like four to five. So again, yeah. sure, if it's two years in development already, four years out, sure. But I don't know that I think it's two years in development already because let alone everything that went down with Starfield. Think about the other reality is that so if you said it's in active development for two years, that would mean uh, active development started in twenty twenty one. We know, we know for a fact that game development was significantly impacted from yeah. 2020 you know, into 2021. Todd did talk about Todd did talk about that in an interview with uh, with Gene Park over the Washington Post this week, and he said that as they were working from home, um, development was very very slow, and that was one of the reasons that they wanted to to push for the the delay. Um, he he said he was confident that it was going to hit that 2022 release date, but that they were off by a percentage, but a percentage at this scope, and it would be quite a long time. Which turned out to be words. a year, right? Yes. And, and like, no I, shade, no shade. I don't say any of this to like bust their chops or like say that they're slow or anything like that. I, I'm saying extenuating circumstances hard and it it's not going to happen again, right? It's not going to happen again. We're not going to have uh, your, a situation. Bite your tongue. Bite your t- no, no, no. I mean, we're not going to have a situation Steve, where we've Steve. got to 
we've got to ramp up to working from home again, and we've Steve. never done it before. I need you to knock no on wood right now. I need you to knock on wood. I'm knocking. I'm not on about the situation <laughs> when we have to work from home again. I'm on about the situation where we've never done it before, and we've got to put processes in place for it. Those yeah. processes are already in place. People already work from home. Especially at Ubisoft Montreal, who just demanded everyone to come home, uh, come into office from home for the first time in yeah, they're like, three do years. it in like and... two weeks. That's cool, right? Even though you moved, yeah, yeah. He's like, you live on the other side of the country now, or that's maybe you... in a different country. That's how you cool. quiet fire people. That's what they're trying <laughs> it's to do. Illegal in the UK. It's constructive dismissal. I'm sure that they're gonna get sued in. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty shady like i would be very surprised if they didn't get sued that's tough to get away with in most countries <laughs> yeah uh so i think that's the extenuating circumstance that they potentially won't have to go through again for elder scrolls 6 and i do think some groundwork's been laid for elder scrolls 6 i think They're probably some groundwork has now. been laid i'm not confident it's two years worth of work i would say even if it's been two well, years i mean say it's say it's been two years but those two years have been broken up because they started off with the work from home stuff and then they all had to stop working to mm. move over to starfield like that's very disruptive even if it's a best case scenario that that could represent two major disruptions to the start of development in the last two years that you're describing it depends when they started pre-production as well and right. presumably they started pre-production at the point where they revealed the when they logo. told us it and they're like hey we're working on it which was what, 2017, 2018, something that like that? Sounds about right, yeah. So that's four or five, that's five years now. I could see three years of pre-production, two years of, of trying to start production. But the idea of two failing. to three years of pre-production, I think, is pretty standard from what I understand. So it, I, could see, I, I think they want this game to come out this generation. And I think Microsoft's going to push for that. I don't think they want this to be a next-gen title. Uh, I think they want it. I think this you're generation. right, but I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna play out. I that can way. see it being one of the games that's like very edge of the generation. We're in 2028. We're talking about the the new consoles coming out in November, and we're getting the we're getting Elder Scrolls Six in June. I I could see it being a game like Elden Ring or something like that, where it's like it comes out and it's a game that everybody plays on next gen consoles, but technically it's a last gen. Oh, game. like Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, that's another great example of like, oh yeah, like not not actually next gen, but it sure close enough. Maybe, maybe it's wishful thinking because I really want Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, I and... think it is, dude. I think I think you're just hungry yeah. for it, which makes sense, right? We're all high on Starfield right now, and it's like, damn, all right, like what's what's up? What's next? What's up? What's up, Todd? I don't but, know. Like... No, five five years from now seems to feel right to me. I would not bet on it. I would not bet on it. Okay. Yeah. How, how long I, do we know how long it took to make Skyrim? Uh, no, we have no idea. My guess would be ten years, including pre-production. I'm trying to find. But I, I have no it took clue. Six years. It took six years to make Skyrim. It took six years. Ah, to make Skyrim. wait, hold on. This is bullshit. I don't know. I. This is not. An official oh, Sky so El so Oblivion came out in 2005. Skyrim came out in what 2011. So that's six years. Yeah. If you're talking about we finished Oblivion, right, and then immediately we started on Skyrim, which I do not think was true because we in between that we also had two big expansions for Oblivion and Fallout Three. Yeah, so it's probably a little bit less than that. But I mean, it could be like what you're describing, where it's like two years of pre-pro, four years of 
of the active de- development. But again, that was like two generations ago. Like games take a lot more time. Like I remember a few months ago, right? Jason uh, Schreier tweeted this that like if a game were to start development now, it would become it would be a PS6 game. Yeah, which makes sense, you know. But that's 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 right. then taking it into 2029. Theoretically. So I uh, I think it's coming out this generation, or they at least want it to. I would not I be think, surprised. I think you're right that they want it to, as according to this graph. But I mean, they wanted Starfield to come out two years ago, right? Yeah, they did. <laughs> we, I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I had three release dates for that game. <laughs> like you're telling me, you're looking at this, and they're like, yeah, 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 it's coming in 2026. I'm like, sure, I don't it think is. it's coming 2026. No, there's no chance. You think but it's like, what, 27 then? So it's 27 the year or 28. Generation. It's 27 or 28. I think or, it could and be. If and if it's 28, the year of next generation, yeah. like the Last of Us Part right. Two was. Right. Exactly. But I mean, I to me that seems a lot more likely that it's 2028 so, or later. Yeah, I don't think I don't think 2029. I don't think they want this to slip into the next generation of console. Yeah, I think you're right, but I think that's I think that's what's gonna happen. I think they've depends got who they've got working on, a, on it. They might have a, a million sub. They might have a million support studios that they're chucking their way. Maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll have to see. Be I, nice. guess. <laughs> I guess would be nice. It'd be really nice. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll save our conversations around the Elder Scrolls 6 for uh, 2028 or yeah. later, but, or 2026 or later. I'll, 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 you know, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. But I do want to keep our conversation about Starfield rolling, the game that's out right now, that's current, even though I know you're already all, all the way through your second playthrough almost. But, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about that in just a second here. But let me remind you that this episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of September. They are, of course, Arnold J. Rimmer, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Sobe, Snackago, Ty the Dude, and Wakahula. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash games. Y'all the real stuff, the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of our sister shows. If you want to go and show your support just like they did, if you want to go above and beyond with that support just like they did you can head over to flipscreen.games that's our website where you can find links to all the places we are all over the web and uh, all the places that you can interact with us you can come join our discord keep the conversation rolling between episodes you could write into the show for our question block segment or you could go check out uh you know one of our sisters i think i said that one already i'm not i'm gonna level with you guys because it's time to talk about starfield all right so flipscreen.games that's the website go check out (laughs) yeah let's talk about it much like Steve, I had a very similar experience this week where I got COVID, and for the last, I don't know, three days, I feel like I've spent 50% of my waking hours in Starfield, and it's starting to mess with me a little bit, but also I'm having a good time with it. So I could not stop playing it when I was sick. It was ridiculous. I was like, well, I might as well keep going. I might as well do another quest. Oh, where's this one taking me? Oh, okay. Dude, so I was... Going. So it was like three in the morning last night because I so this game has been fucking with my sleep so bad. And then when I got COVID, it made it even worse because I get so tired in the middle of the day. So I'm like napping and then being yeah. like, well, I guess I'll stay up until four in the morning playing Starfield uh, like a degenerate. So and it's it's been great, though. I mean, last night it was like two thirty three o'clock and I'm like, you know. I'm tired. I'm about ready for bed, but I could get one more quest in and just another 45 minutes go by you know (laughs) i yeah i had a similar experience i'm still playing the game it slowed down a lot for me because i'm like doing all the side stuff that i didn't do before 
I spent like three days doing every quest on Neon. I was just, I'm just going to do them all. I still haven't been to Neon. <laughs> it still hasn't taken me there. How? It takes you there for the um, Free Star Rangers. Have you not done that quest line? Oh, is that Neon? No, it'll, but then you join the Free Star Rangers. Oh, and it will no, say, I haven't joined the Rangers. Yet. Okay. That's why. Okay. When you join the Rangers, the first quest is go to Neon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, I mean, what I what I so uh, update from where we spoke last time, and I guess how do you want to do this, Steve? Because I'm feeling like maybe we we throw up a spoiler tag. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna spoil things for people here. So, if but you not have me. Not, Don't spoil things for no, me. No, not for you. But it it I'll I'll ask before I spoil anything for you. But if if you've not played up to the point where you have a new menu option. Turn off now. So here's or keep listening here, if you don't care. And I'll give you this context so that you know exactly what it is. There's a mission, right? Vlad, Vladimir, you're gonna meet Vladimir. He he uh lives on the I space station, right? And you do a few missions for him, and it's at the end of that string of missions, you'll unlock a special ability, a new menu, and uh kind of open up the next chapter of the story if you haven't done that yet now's your out otherwise we're gonna light spoilers for everything up to that point i guess which your mileage may vary but i think if you've been playing the game you'll be safe uh if you are still on the fence and wanted to hear us talk more about it uh you know either uh prepare for some mild spoilers or go with god and we'll see you next week yeah. <laughs> so you've unlocked Fus you've unlocked Fusrodar finally. You can finally, now press yeah. the bumper buttons and you can do some powers. I got I got my Dragonborn abilities. Yeah. Yeah. I got called Dragonborn got... in this game. Do you know what it's called? What? Starborn. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Yeah. That's so so silly. <laughs> <laughs> Starborn. Okay, whatever. Fine. It's a cosmic Marvel ass villain name, but whatever. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fine. Um, I don't, so hot take. Like I, when I when I had the reveal, I was like, "Whoa, that feels like a pretty big deal." And then I like tried to use the power, and I was like, "This power sucks." No one knows what it does. Do you it know does, what it does? What does it do? It does nothing, right? You fire it at enemies, and it will float them up in the air so they can't do anything, and then you can shoot them. And it's fucking great, and it's okay. my fav one okay. of my favorite powers in the game. All right, so here's my thing. Now that I know what it does, that's actually pretty cool. Very. The game doesn't effect. show you that. You go to the fucking lodge, and they're like, show us the power, and you do it, and nothing happens apart from some rocks show up, and you're okay. like, what the fuck? Okay, so here's my thing. Okay. So I want to preface this because it's going to be very similar to last week where I'm going to say a lot of things about this game that fucking annoy me. So I want to get it out of, out of the way. I love this game. The more I play this game, the more I like this game. It's sneaking its way up my list. I really like this game. I'm in it. I'm fucking in it. Yeah. Okay. That said, why is this game so fucking annoying? Like with so much shit like that. Why don't you tell me how anything works ever? Like it's fucking insane that you... Because, okay, the game doesn't tell you how the power works. It gives you the power. It tells you how to use the power. It asks you if you want to favorite the power. Great. Why? Why on God's green earth would I think 
that it does that, Steve. Because if you recall, the stupid fucking way that I just unlocked the power was floating around a room. So my yeah. thought Did is... you enjoy that? How, how long did it take you floating around it. the room to hated figure it. out what you had to do? Hated the shit out of it because it took me a minute to figure it out. And I literally said out loud, I was like, what the fuck am I even doing? And then you I fl- see that... You into some little floaty star things yeah, in a pattern. Right. Yeah. Figured it out. And then I'm like, cool, yeah. got it. And then they made me do it for five minutes? Oh, okay. So you don't have to do it for five minutes. You can do it in about 20 seconds, but you have to hit every single one of them before it despawns. That's annoying. Yeah, it's really fucking annoying. And you will have to do it. You know that screen that shows you the power? And there's like 30 of them on there? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You have to do it 30 times. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I'm very much not looking forward to that. And that was the other thing. I was screaming about this. I was like, you, you were like, okay, I got off work. I'm going to take a nap before we record. Go do this mission so we can talk about it. Okay, let me go do it. And I'm like, all right, quick, quick, no problem. Where are the anomalies? I've got to look around with the scanner. It's so poorly communicated. And then I found out, right, because I looked it up. Because here's what happens, right? I drop on the planet. It says investigate the anomaly or whatever, right? Cool, great. I pull up my scanner like it tells me to do. Look for the disturbances in the scanner. Okay. Right. So I start looking around and what is there? Dozens of on the surface of the planet. Oh, an anomaly zone. Clearly, I must have to go to the anomaly zones and scan all of those. And that'll be how this moves forward. No, 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 no such luck. They're just there for some reason. Don't know what they do. So it tells you what they're there for. They are triangulating on the temple. So Great. all of those are around the temple. Except they're not. But what you have to look for is They're just... all around where my ship landed, which is not where the temple is. I know. So actually, they're not good at that. They're useless. You just have to look at a glitch on the scanner. And it's yeah. like so, fuzzy. So, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that now, Steve. You want to know how I learned that? Because I'm sitting there. It. I've scanned every <laughs> one of these fucking towers. And I'm like, what in the fuck is happening why, like, what do I have to do? So I Google it. And it's like, you need to start spinning around in a circle until you'll see the glitch. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm, I just, I'm sure that they told me that and I didn't listen and whatever. And fun fact, I'm pretty sure they didn't actually explain that. That's no, they do works. not explain that. But I did so, have a, oh, moment when I noticed it and it was quite yeah. cool. Well, you want to know what happened to me, Steve? The fucking game glitched. So the, the, it wasn't happening. It wasn't triggering. So I literally looked it up, and I was like, what do you fucking mean? And I'm spinning. It's not doing anything. Close the game. Reopen it. Guess what? It works. And I solved it in five seconds. I was like, wow, this was truly the least fun I've had playing this entire game. Mm -hmm. This mission would have sucked if it worked the right way. And it didn't, so it drove me insane. And then, and then, finally get there. Trigger all this stuff. And it takes like two seconds. And I was like, cool. So this this whole thing, I wandered around the surface of this planet for like 30 minutes because the stupid game doesn't tell you how the system works. And then it glitched and it didn't work. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. And then I get the stupid power and I'm like, power doesn't even do anything. <laughs> yeah, I now have I the same it. experience now with I that power. <laughs> but there are some really cool powers. And... <laughs> Do you mind if I spoil a couple of my favorites? Yeah, fine. There's one that gives you unlimited O2. So you press the oh. button and you just run forever. Really, oh really good. Oh, my God. 
finally, that's the other thing that drove me crazy about this mission is that the entire mission is running around the surface of the fucking moon. And I'm like, this is the worst part of this game because yeah. I'm encumbered. <laughs> or even if I'm not encumbered, I run for like 30 feet and then it's like, all right, you got to catch your breath and then run some more. It's odd. Oh, you know, it, there's also a weird thing in this game. If you're overweight, if your character's overweight, you will not die from running out of breath. Really? Yeah. Just go make yourself fat in the recreator. Thing. How fat do I got to be? I'm pretty fat already. <laughs> uh, you won't die then. You, you, your health will go down, but you won't die. <laughs> it's really unusual. Huh. I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's a glitch. Fat people just got better lung capacity. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah I, you know, that's that's what it is. I'm I'm obviously used to lugging it all around all the time. Exactly. Um, and then there's another one which I really like, which is a reflective shield. So you could like put a shield up around yourself, and when they fire bullets at you, it fires the bullets back at them. Have you done the mantis quest yet? No, I have not. Oh, you gotta do the mantis. Got a good shit from that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I got some good shit from that. Uh, I got a helmet that has mm. that built into it, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they you get some me. really good stuff from that. You also you'll How did get you, some. Did really you just good never stuff. do it? Like you never? No, I just never did it. Never oh, found dude. it. Never came across it. It's so funny because I I came across it early on, and I just it was one of those quests that I'm like, oh, I'll I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I just wasn't. And uh, I saw a video. I don't remember if it was a YouTube short or if it was on TikTok or whatever, but um. Alana Pierce did like a like spoiler free like here's like five things I I wish I had known when I first started and like I think it was like the first one she's like do the Mantis quest early and I was like oh okay yeah. Mantis but, uh, quest is meant to be really good let me go check free, it out free star rangers will get you some good shit so will Vanguard and I'm so doing the Vanguard quest right now Ryujin if you okay. if you like talking to your way out of things and not fighting your way out of things do the Ryujin quest. You told me that last time. I'm definitely going to do it. Um, I There's a, a kiosk you can start it on in New Atlantis, actually. You don't have to go to Neon, but um, I, I figured I'll, I'll do that one after. Yeah, maybe, when you get to Neon, yeah. And maybe I'll do it after I do, I do the Vanguard, because I'm right now, when I have that other quest, like there's the Vanguard quest that comes up where you can go do the um, the pirate stuff. I forget what it's called, but. Uh, that's not a Vanguard quest. That's when you commit crime, and you and then it's a UC quest. But, you... it's, but it comes from the vanguards. It's a, it's a like an undercover mission. That well, it's not. It's like the it's, it's UC system defense as so UC sysdef. Oh, um, right, 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 right. It, uh, I'm saying part it, of, it kicks off from that. Though. Yeah, they're part of United Economies, but the vanguards like the military, right. and then that's like the security side of things. But yeah, they are both um, UC quests. Yeah, I haven't. I got I... that. Because I just shot down a UC ship because it was like you've got contraband on board and I'm like no I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got that quest that way. You have to get arrested in New Atlantis. Oh, that's hilarious. And then and then you'll get the quest because they're like oh we know you're you know a shady guy. And then oh, that's funny actually. The... Somebody I remember somebody uh, I was listening to a review discussion and somebody said that they took the quest where you become a sysdef officer and then they stole something out of someone's locker and they got caught and arrested and then they got like offered to join the FBI basically. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And you become like a, you can become like a double agent. And I, and I haven't got far enough into the quest yet to know if I can side with with Crimson Fleet or or I have to do sysdef. I kind of want to be a pirate. I bet you can side <laughs> with them. Yeah, I really want to be a pirate on this playthrough because I'm on New Game Plus, so I'm changing my playstyle quite a bit. 
Uh, yeah, my my character's been like evolving because like I, you know, at first I'm like, ah, oh, you know, like his background is he's a space scoundrel, you know. So it's like I was a you know smuggler type street rat from Neon, wasn't exactly. it? Like exactly. Yes, yeah. ne- street rat from Neon, and then I was like a I was a space scoundrel smuggler type, and then got an honest job mining. Right now I'm back back in the game. Wanted to get off that planet. Now I'm out there exploring. But see now I feel like it's kind of come together. Cause I start do I started doing the Vanguard quest and I'm like, okay, so maybe this is his narrative. And he's like a Star Lord kind of character where it's like, you know, you started or I guess Han Solo's like this too, right? But then you kinda, you know, he he eh, you know, I'm I'm in I'm working with the Navy, but I'm off on my own. I'm kind of doing my own thing, you know, mm-hmm. but like you know, but then I do the Mantis quest and I discovered the Mantis stuff, and I'm like, oh, like this is my thing now. This is my guy. Like he becomes the mantis and I become a superhero. Like that's my guy now. Like <laughs> that's going to be my game. Like I am space Superman or like space Batman. Like that's, that's how I'm playing now. Just going to help everybody. And I, I've been helping people anyway, but I've been like kind of still being a scoundrel once in a while. Like oh, I I'm stole, a dickhead. I stole somebody's dickhead. ship, stuff like that, you know, but like, yeah, I blow people up all the time. I don't care. They ask for help and I'm like, nah, you're such a dick. <laughs> Whatever, you know. I'm, I'm out for myself. I ain't got no spare resources to give you. Are you joking? I'm doing great now. I got plenty of resources. As I've been playing in through this second playthrough, there's a couple of things that I've noticed that are a bit weird about the game. I have had a glitch where it's like broken a quest and I cannot complete that quest and I'm hoping they patch it. An enemy spawned behind a wall and it oh, won't no. come out. And so I can't complete that quest. And I can't load back in because, like, it'll take me back too far and it's, like, overwritten saves. So I'm just not going to bother with that quest at this point. Man, I'll um, tell you what. This game's autosave is not good. No, it, like, overwrites all the time. It's, like, you get one slot of, like, autosave and, it's and like, then it's, one slot of quick save. And it just happens. No, you don't, you don't have to have one. You get one slot of quick save, but you can have multiple saves from what yeah. I could tell. Yeah. You can you can have multiple quick saves, um, but yeah, it's like it. It's weird to me because it's like it'll do auto save like anytime. Like I'll press pause randomly after. There's not... options for that. You can turn off pause. You can tell it to auto save at like yeah. different intervals. It's really yeah. weird the and times it, it auto saves. It's just weird to me that it's like on all these weird like timers and like if then statements triggering rather than just being like you did a thing. You've, you've reached a point in the quest. Something's about yeah. to spawn. Something happened. Why don't we like auto save this? Yeah. Cuz like I I had that happen just recently where like I I said I'm doing the Vanguard quest and there's this part where you have to go uh into like a diplomat's building, right? And you know what I'm talking about. And you hit this point where it's like, okay, like you have to basically go through this like little maze kind of thing. And I did all that and I'm at the completion of the quest and I'm like, great, I just got to get this item from him and I'm straight. And I like found a chest and you know how like this game has really weird rules about stealing where certain items are stealing and certain items you can just take and it's no problem. Ray found the weirdest thing relating to this. Okay. He had one, and it was a take item. It was a pickup item, something random. But he he told me he dragged the items. Like if you hold A, you can yeah, move can things. Move and they all started shooting at him because yeah. they thought he was like still. I'm Watched like, why? It. This is a take item, 
but I can't move it around. Like, what no, the fuck? You can't do that. Yeah. So I so I open a chest in this in this diplomat's room, and there's like four thousand credits in it, and like a oh, gun, yeah. and I took all that shit. That was totally fine for me to take. Then as I'm like hovering over to go to him and grab the thing. I like pressed A too soon and I grabbed something that was just on the shelf and it was like, oh, he saw you stealing and he pulls a gun on me and go and I was like, this is a this escalated so quickly. My bad. Let me just reload. I don't want to yeah, fuck why the whole is it quest not up. Just like, oh, what are you doing? You know how in Baldur's Gate three, it's like stuff and such didn't like that. People are watching you and like, yeah, yeah. Why can't they just say? Why can't it be hey, like, oh, my bad. Yeah, I should be like, I don't think you should be taking that. Like, you know, how about you put that down? Sticky fingers annoying so then i had to reload and it sent me back like 20 minutes so it's like okay <laughs> one, great. One, one, one of the other issues i have with the quest relates to a new game plus thing that i won't talk oh, about. oh wait i'm sorry can i complain about one more thing before you get on this because it's this, it relates to this quest okay yeah so after i complete the quest i want to then get out of this fucking building that's a maze. It's literally a maze. Usually right? Bethesda have like doors at the end that you could quickly go through. And Just fast travel out. Like that's one thing I've realized in this yeah. game. You can fast travel out of buildings. Which and is that's new. exactly the thing. But it's one of my fucking problems with this game is the game, at least early on, I felt as though it had trained me that if I want to go back to my ship, what I should do is open the survey menu and then highlight it on the screen and fast oh, travel or yeah. press RB and open the local map and fast press travel. Y. Yeah, but guess what? You can't do that when you're no. inside a building. It, it, just... it, for whatever reason, it grays out that menu. But if I go and I go to the pause menu and I hover over the mission that I'm on and press I press X. X, then it'll yeah. just take me. That's, that's the one that's the one shortcut for everything. It's Why like, are there two oh. ways to fast travel and one of them doesn't work sometimes? Even though I can still do it. Like it doesn't like I can effectively get to the exact same place <laughs> on the map, but it's like no no no, the way that we that, that way doesn't work. Why? Well, cuz you're inside a building. I know it's really weird. Why? And, you know, they they did say this week they had they had like the uh, the first patch and put out a bit of a roadmap of what they're doing and one of the things on the list is local maps like city maps so you Dang. will be able to fast travel and oh, do things god uh that's on the list it's HDR menu it's fov slider you gotta just yeah. wander around and so they're adding all that stuff in they're all fit they are fixing ropes they're listening to people which is good to know the other th so yeah one of the issues i have is with a new game plus thing so i won't talk about that because it sounds like you haven't um reached the point where you would know what i was talking about the other thing is the economy in this game is just fundamentally broken you will never run out of money there will never be a point where you talk to someone and they need a thousand credits from you in order to give you information or for a bribe or they want three grand from you for something you'll never ha not have the money you will always have the credits. I never once ran out of money on this game. And I think a large part of that is down to the fact that once I got a good ship from uh, a quest, I never bothered doing anything to it. I never bothered making my own ship. And maybe that's partly on me, but yeah, you will always be rich. I don't agree with that. Um, I only just hit a point where I'm starting to have as much money as I want. 
And I think it's because I started doing major like faction quests and stuff like that, which I mean, maybe that's like in the same way that maybe it's on me for not doing those things sooner. And that's why I didn't have money or maybe I'm, you know, whatever. Right. But like I was upgrading my shit before and like things like that. It's like I felt like I was always spending money as soon as I could get it. And like not that I was like constantly broke, but like I didn't have money to like just buy a new ship because I wanted a nicer ship or like to, you know throw money towards like a bribe or something like that in, in in any given scenario i'm just at the point now where i'm like oh okay like i i think i have a cushion now where i have enough money that like yeah like i got i got i got maybe like 10 hours into new game plus and i already had like 200 grand it was like ridiculous yeah in new game plus i could see that um no that's only because i was doing like the ryujin quest which i guess is a major faction again right and maybe that's part of the problem you know I, I don't know. I just I, I always felt like credits never really mattered. Like I whereas in Elder Scrolls and Fallout, I was always looking for gold or bottle caps and I was always like needing money at the beginning and then it only got to a certain point where it tipped over. I never felt that in this, and maybe that's because I went straight in and I joined the Vanguard and I did that quest line and I did the freestyle yeah. rangers and I did that quest Maybe line. that's why. Cause like I was doing a lot more side quests early on than you were. And like, I feel like I was getting a lot of like, here's two grand, here's three grand. And I'm like, okay, great. Like I'll do 30 more of these and I'll have enough. Yeah. You'll two. do like, you'll do like a Vanguard quest number. Here's 20 K and you're like, yeah. whoa, okay. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I just am doing that stuff now at like level 15. I think I'm at like actually level 19 now, maybe. Um, so yeah, the fair point. Like maybe that's the thing, but um, it's interesting because like originally I was like kind of the opposite. Where I'm like, oh, I feel like it's kind of broken in the wrong way because I'm like, God, like I hate. Maybe the way that, that goes to show that it's balanced right then. Yeah, I guess it right. Like, way, and I thought it was breaking the other way. And then depending on how you play, right? Yeah. Um, because like I was, I found myself being really frustrated by the um the commerce system where it's like. Anytime you pick something up, it's like value. This is worth this much, but then you no, go and not. sell it, and it's never worth that yeah. much. And it's based on like your affiliation with the faction or the shop. That's how it's worked in and, all Bethesda games. But like, that's fucking annoying. You know, yeah. like just tell me what it's maximize worth. maximize your commerce skill. But it's worth different worth as much as someone will pay for it. Like they're basically telling you the right. retail value of this is what it yeah. costs. Yeah. But you're never going to get that for And it. it's like, that's fine. I'm not inherently bothered by that. Because, like, I do think it's cool how it's like, oh, there's, like, the bookshop on the the uh, Freestar planet where you can sell books for a lot of money. And they're worthless everywhere else. Or you can go here and they're worth, you know. And it's like, I like that aspect of it. I wish it did a better job of, like, communicating that to you in some way. Of, like... Oh, you know, based on your current modifiers, if you sell it in New Atlantis, it's worth this much. If you sell it here, it's worth that much. Like, it's a lot. You know, I would like to see something like that. To know all of that and remember all of it at any given time when I have all these other, like, it's just, it, it's like. I feel like, I feel like that's just the nature of a Bethesda game. You know, there's always a wiki you go to to find out where to go and it's like part yeah. of it that you just have to remember maybe that's something they could fix in a, in a patch or a dlc maybe they make it so you can have like a computer on your ship and you can look up the prices of things and stuff. something like, there's you ways know, to like, do that i it reminds me of in the Link's awakening remake uh from a couple of years ago there's like a, a log that you get where anytime the game gives you a clue that's relevant to what you need to be doing 
you can go and look and it'll be like, oh, like, don't forget, like, so-and-so told you this thing about this thing. And it's like, just gives you like a nudge because it's like, man, I've been playing this game for, you know, 30 hours already or whatever. And like, they've given me so, there's times where they give you so much information that it's like overwhelming. And it's like, I can't remember all this at once. And then there's times where I'm like, why do you tell me how the system works? Why didn't you tell me I could lean when I'm in cover? Why didn't you tell me that I could do this? Why I've still I... never leaned in cover. I can't be asked. That's kind it's of just, me bothered. It's just like, ah, I just wish, I wish the game communicated with me a little bit more. And I don't want it to hold my hand. I don't want it to walk me to solutions. But there are times where I'm like, I know what I want to do. And I don't know why I feel like I have to Does like. Does that help screen? But it's ridiculous, and it's just a wall of text, and it's not really yeah. separated into categories very well. And it's, it's like not searchable terrible. in any way. Like it's not, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like they gave you a fucking encyclopedia to be like, if you need to solve your problem, here you go. It's like, it's tough. Yeah, it's uh, I, there's got to be some good though, right? You're still having a good time. Uh, that's the thing, right, man? Is like all these things I'm complaining about, like they're trivial in the grand scheme of things. Because I love yeah, the paper game. Cuts, yeah. It's so yeah, it, paper cuts is the right way to put it. You said that last week, and it's like I just love the game, man. Like I love the sense of exploration. I love the sense of discovery. I love how it ups the ante of the like random like water cooler moments that Skyrim did so well. Like I love being able to like tell my own story in these moments, you know, and being like, Oh, like this is who my character is. And this is how they deal with stuff. I think the only thing that I am finding, I don't like about that stuff is I feel like some of, I feel limited by some of the options and not that the game doesn't give you options, but I feel like it kind of funnels you a little bit more than I want it to sometimes just based on like, I feel like all the, like, so, okay. There's, like, what, four characters that are, like, the main characters who are your companions? And I feel like their personalities are all, like, very unique in a way, like, that feels good as storytelling devices. But mm -hmm. in practice, I find traveling with them to be a little annoying sometimes. Because, like, they're just... No? Oh. That, you cut but, you cut out for a second there. They're all just like such goody two shoes. And like um, I I, I don't know that I agree with that. Really? Yeah. Oh my when god. When you dude. when you uncover some of their personalities, I don't think they are. Maybe, but I, I guess it's not like their personalities to me as much as it is like they, they hate that you're stealing or they hate that you're attacking a ship or they hate that someone. Yeah, but I, like I even that, that, like sometimes it's like it's in Sometimes it's in situations that I feel like just don't warrant the reaction that they're I offering. Think they're maybe like, a bit more judgmental than they need to be. Yeah, but like I think in a way that feels that feels incongruent to me. Like the example that's in my mind is like Sarah is such a tight ass. No, and I, like I, I do not like her. I I had the the uh mission where you go and rescue Barrett from the pirates. And you can try to convince the pirate to let him go. But, like, I failed my persuasion attempt. So he's like, nope, like, I'm not letting him go unless you pay his ransom. And I was like, cool, then I'm going to kill you. And they're both like, no, 
like, oh, you know what? Why are you being so violent? And it's like, are you kidding me? This man is holding you hostage. And is, like, let's ask him what happens if you stand up and try to leave without paying. He's going to fucking shoot us, right? So why can't I shoot him? You know, like, it's just like, <laughs> like, get, like, get off your fucking high horse a little bit, you know? It's yeah. like I'm out here trying to shoot civilians. This is a fucking kidnapper. And he's like, oh, he's pretty nice as far as pirates go. I don't give a fuck. Fuck him. He's a fucking pirate. He I literally ransomed you. Yeah. I shot him. I don't remember. I think I took Sam with me on that quest. And he was just like, all for it. He's like, yeah, whatever. That's he's cool. a pirate. I found... he's a free he's a freestyle ranger. That's his yeah. job. He's a police officer. He's like sure. all for it. Well, he used and, to be. and and like that's kind of how I guess that's like a difference in personality. And I and I do quite like that. I do think they're a, a bit different. You can also just not bother with any of them. Yeah, sure. And you can just hire people. Yeah, I don't like you can, them as much. You can though. hire people if you. I've got don't a, have any of them. I've got Andresia with me right now, and like she's like a little bit more like, you know. Right. I didn't like her either. Yeah, she's rough around the edges, but yeah, my my two favorite, and I'm interested who your favorites are going to be, um, were Barrett and Sam. I liked their stories, their personalities. I like them too. I I need to go back and do all of the companion quests because I never I never finished them all on my first playthrough, and I can't finish them all on my second playthrough, so I need to play them on a third playthrough. Why can't you? So when you go through New Game Plus, it asks if you want to do the main story again. And you can say yes or no. Oh. And I said no, because I wasn't bothered. Interesting. So I cannot have access to them as like companions to go on a quest with me. Really? You don't even join Constellation? And no, you, you just get asked, do you want to do it again or not? And you can say no. That's crazy. Interesting. <laughs> huh. So yeah, I um I I like I like all of them but Sarah really right now cuz I, I she's just like so like even the old dude have you taken have you gone anywhere with him? Oh no, I haven't had the I'm not even talking about like the side guys. I don't really know any of them that well. No, he's like I think he he goes with you on a quest somewhere. I just I got that go. quest where he's like, "Oh, like talk to me yeah. or whatever." And I was like, "Okay, cool." He's but he's I, quite cool. He's like the money man, right? He's the one bankrolling constellation. Yeah. Well, I don't remember his name. The first, I think it's like it's like Warren or something like that. <gasps> Walter. Walter. The yeah. first time I talked to him, I was like, like when you first show up and he's like a shithead, I was like, oh cool, great. And then like when you have the first like actual conversation with him, he's like, yo, my bad. Like I kind of that was I was a little bit rude, you know. And then like you can basically ask him like, what's your thing? And he's like, oh, I'm just a money guy. Like I don't. I don't pretend that I bring as much to the table as anybody else, but like yeah. somebody's got yeah, to hook you up with a ship, though. So and I was nice, like, you know? literally, I was like, all right, like, like if your job is the money guy, and you're like, I'm just the money guy, like, and I accept that that's my role, and I'm not like trying to like big time you, then I'm like, all right, like that's okay. But he's the money guy. But what's his incentive to find out what the artifact is in case it's something good for his company? Like, presumably, that's why he's doing this. Like, maybe is he, is he doing it out of the goodness of his heart because he's an explorer and he's interested and he wants to find out what this thing is? Or is he doing it because it's potentially lucrative for him as a as a capitalist? I don't know. I'll find out. But the nice thing is with that type of guy, it's like, I find out he's the wrong, you know, find out he's on the, he's like, well, that guy can't fight, you know? Let's like, <laughs> <laughs> kill him. <laughs> what are you, you wow. going to do? Okay. 
look. Oh, oh, now you're judging me. You're out here like fucking murdering owl bears and leaving people for dead when they ask yeah. you for help. But yeah, and you know. someone put like a, a Stephen didn't like this thing up here. You know. <laughs> I kill one evil capitalist, and you're judging. Me. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough evil people in that game, you know. Go kill some mercenaries. I have been left and right. Are you kidding me? Every time there's a mission where they're like, okay, so you could just pay this person off or you could go kill a bunch of pirates. I'm like, yeah, I'll go kill some pirates. You're like, yeah, I'll kill them. I get the XP and I get to shoot things. It's great. <laughs> My favorite lines of dialogue I've experienced so far is on uh, the first mission you do with Sam where you have to go get the map from his dad and everything. And there's a... <laughs> yeah, that was so national treasure. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, we're going in to get the maps because you know we got to go steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> so I'm like, when's when's Nick Cage showing up? And I love I love the part where like you're talking to him about like uh, he's like, all right, we got to go here and like get the thing, but like that's where all the the pirates are, right? Like that's where they're hanging out. And I was like, great, let's go kill all the pirates. That sounds like a totally reasonable thing for us to do. And he's like, look, we're going to get the the artifact. All right, if like killing pirates gives you your jolly killing bad guys gives you your jollies then that's a bonus and i was like all right great i mean i'm not hearing a no so let's go (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i think i just persuaded him in that and then just got the maps and i was like yeah let's go done oh that's after that though after because you got to go to the place and the spaces are they're like uh using it as a base because the anomaly is like forcing all the monsters away or the aliens away yeah. or whatever um i love i loved the, that how he's just stood in front of the door and i'm like hmm i wonder what room the map's in mm, maybe the room that the guy stood in front of it's like search the house for the map and i'm like oh i wonder where it is <laughs> i'll be in the only room with a closed door <laughs> yeah the only room with a closed door i can either get sam to distract him or i can fucking persuade him just to move out of the way which is what i did i wonder if yeah. you could just shoot him in the face as well that probably do it as well but then sam probably would not like that but i sam gotta say for murdering his dad i do wish that they would let you kill more npcs that are like pro- plot relevant like yeah, I, like there are de- like i've had that happen once or twice where somebody i'm like this person's a dick I wonder what happens if I just shoot them. And nine times out of ten, it's nothing. It's they crouch, and then you get a bounty, and your partner runs away. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Have you have you done that? Have you kind of like I I'm, I shot someone in broad daylight in New Atlantis to find out what would happen. Yeah. I was like, I just want to find out. Yeah, I did it just to see what would happen. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It's fine. Like it. It. It's it. Those moments I find a little frustrating once in a while because, like, this game is so interesting because, like, there are parts of it that are, like, so immersive, and then there are parts of it that, like, and I said this, I think, the first week we even talked about it before we had played it, where, like, I think it was Gary Widow who said this, where I heard it first, where he's like, there are, like, parts of the game where it feels like you're in Disneyland, and it feels like you're mm. walking around a theme park. Yeah, yeah, he said, I think you said it was uh, Westworld. Sure, and, like, I mean that as a compliment more often than not. Like walking around the cities, it does feel like walking around a theme park where you're like, oh, like I love that though, because they're cool. all different. It's they're good. all themed. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I I I vibe with that part of it a lot. It's the part Have you been to the, the resort world yet? Where it's literally just like the White Lotus Hotel. No. And all the rich, and all the rich people go there. For no. Like, oh, and, there's, and there's like a plastic surgery place there. And everyone goes there just for plastic surgery. 
and they can like go like chill out in the hotel. That's a really good. Have you have you been to the one with uh, Have you been to the planet with the death race yet? No, where's that? That's a fun one. Uh, It's like kind of on the right side of the map, and it's like a kind of like it's like a random kind of planet. And you go there. There's a a person you find in the well who wants you to like pick up a package on this planet. And while I was there, I went and checked it out. And it's like, oh yeah, it's like this death race, and all these monsters like chase you and stuff, and it's pretty cool. I went, I went and did that already. And there's a guy who has like a, the world record, and he's like done it like 27 times or something. <laughs> oh yeah, is that the 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 red mile? Yeah, is that yeah, that yeah, 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 that's really cool. Yeah, and it, it keeps track of like how many runs you do, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what happens if you beat his record. Like, bet you something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's like you get there and you think you're done. It's like, right, you better come back then. <laughs> and you gotta run back through. Oh my fucking... god. <laughs> Place. and i ran through it literally so i was like oh no all the monsters are still there yeah me too i was like i'm not shooting any of these <laughs> i can tell I, I like it's like you've got a sprain there's like um prognosis sprain got worse and i'm like great but like i think that's the thing that bothers me like the most is when i have those moments of like when it feels like a good theme park i'm in and i'm like cool like this is a very like boutique crafted experience and the like that stuff works really well but mm. it's like when i have those moments where like i do bounce up against like feels like i should have some consequences for this that are different you know like it's like it's annoying that like but you go to disney jail and mickey's not very happy with you and that's basically it and you and pay your credits and you've got shitloads of them because the uh, economy's broken and it's like that just like i find it annoying where it's like okay so like there's materially no consequences like the world doesn't remember that i've done any of this stuff but then also like your companions react kind of in a way that makes sense it's like it's the not committing to it like it's like the idea that like oh like i could do this mission where i become the hero of new atlantis and then i could just shoot somebody in the middle of the street and i'll get a bounty but nobody will ever acknowledge the fact that i just murdered somebody you know and it's like that it might be, it might be on ssnn <laughs> Who knows? But you know what I mean? Where it's like you compare that to like Baldur's Gate, right? Where it's like, oh, look, we almost made it through the whole episode without somebody bringing up Baldur's Gate um, to compare it to Starfield. But like you can kill a character and then it's just like, okay, you can't interact with this character anymore, right? Like whatever things you were going to do. And it's like, I get that there are certain characters in this game where like that just doesn't make sense. But I wish that they would just handle that differently. Like I wish it was like. Don't let me shoot them. When I put the gun in their face, like put the gun down. Like uh, I think they do that in Cyberpunk. Yeah. Or, Or like, or have it be like, oh, you shoot them and then guards come in and pull you out or something. Like, like have it be like more in universe, you know? And like, why, why can't I kill this random person that has a name? You know, like there are just these random civilians and it's like, okay, because maybe they connect to a mission that I haven't unlocked that'll come up later or something. But it's like, unless it's like game breaking, let me let me fuck myself over. You know, like let me turn like wipe out options, you know, because I acted a certain way. Like I, I want like it sucks how deep it is. And then when you have those moments where it's like, okay, actually stop like we're putting the restraints on you it's like oh no mm. like you were really like i thought you were gonna let me do I anything i found they're very few and far between though they I, are I think I'm okay they are with that yeah I, I i i had a really good time with the main story i loved it it's one of, i think it's bethesda's best story to date i definitely agree with that it, it, this is this my favorite bethesda game i think like this it's, the, it, the story is so compelling and when i got to the point you got to i was like 
Oh shit, okay. There's some actual shit that's going down here. These artifacts actually mean something. Yeah. Who, where are they from? What are they doing here? Like, how am I getting powers? Who? Where are these temples from? I like that there's like a finite number of them that I am aware of now too, where I'm like, okay, so it's not just I'm randomly collecting them indefinitely. Like, there's like an end in sight. It's like, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, this game's great. Like, I have problems with it, but it's like, I don't know. They don't really matter. No, I, and that's how I felt with it. It's just like every game's got problems. This maybe has a lot of small problems, some of which I think can be fixed and will be fixed. Some can't be, you know, fundamental design flaws, like you say, where you can't, it's not deep enough in places. You can't cause actual harm to people um, that would stop you, that limits your choices. I think some of the faction stuff, they should make it, Similar to the previous games, where you join one faction, you can't join another, you've sided with them, gives you more of an incentive to play through yeah. than the incentive you've got currently. You know, why should I be able to join Vanguard? Um, and there's even a point in the game where I think you can ask, and it's like, oh, well, if I'm a citizen, because I was born somewhere else, my backstory is that I'm a citizen somewhere else. I can't remember where it is. And it's like, well, can I be a citizen of New Atlantis as well? And they're like, yeah, well, we don't care where, you, you know, your story, you're just, you know, you, you do your time in the Vanguard and yeah, you can become a citizen. I think it would be cool if you had to, like, denounce your citizenship somewhere else and maybe then they get pissy with you because you're a member of the Vanguard and there was, like, a little bit more of a um, reaction, I think. I think there needs to be more reaction across the board. But Yeah, I think that's what I guess what I'm getting at is, like, it's so weird how much the world reacts to what you do nine times out of 10 that when that 10 time ha 10th time happens and it doesn't react to you at all, you're like, Oh, like that, that feels weird, you know, mm -hmm. but you know, it's a nitpick. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of all of these are nitpicks. This is for me, my favorite game I've played this year. And, uh, and I think it's one of my, probably one of my favorite games of, of all time and will continue to be. So uh, I'm really looking forward to the DLC. I'm probably going to play for a third time um, New Game Plus 1, 2. I don't know. Um, there's, if, in order to get everything and do everything and complete it, you have to play it like 11 times, and I'm not going to do that. You say that. I'm not going to do that. Over your whole life? You don't know. No, not New Game Plus it, though. Like, I, I would want to, like... I don't know, start again and experience it all again. And yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, we'll leave it there for today. Oh, gosh. Oh, excuse me. All right. It's nap time, everybody. Thank you guys mm. for joining us here in another episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast. If you want to write in for the question block, if you want to keep the conversation rolling over on Discord, if you want to go above and beyond and show your support over on patreon.com slash flip screen games, where you can get the show early and show your support. Guess what? You can do all that and much, much more by joining us over at flipscreen.games. That's our website where you can find all the places we are all over the web. However you choose to get involved, we thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Flipscreen Games Podcast. For the crew, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We'll see you next week.